5: and we came to the center, and you were playing full back up there. And I saw you in the weight room, and watched the, watched the workout in the weight room. If you, pick up, you were strong enough to pick up the whole weight room. I wanted to pick it, and I run in back, so case could not take it. to you,
6: And good morning and welcome in to the Martin Houston Show on a Tuesday edition of this, this October the 20th. Um, my name is Joe Gaither. I'm filling in for Martin Houston this morning. You can find me on the Twitter at Gaither 6 and find Tide109 at Tide109 on the Twitter machine to get in touch with the show. You're welcome to call in on the Taco Casa hotline at any point at 205-342-9904. Quality, taste, and value. Taco Casa has the, the, the... Under the biggest cactus in town, excuse me. Uh, My name is Joe Gaither. I'm filling in for Martin this morning. He's handling some business and recovering from COVID-19 as we send our thoughts and prayers out to Martin. And we're going to have a big show this morning, and I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to bring it to you guys this morning. I actually tested negative myself for COVID-19 yesterday, so I am back in the building. Thankfully, thankful that I am back in, in the uh, in the station itself to bring you this Tuesday edition. I'm going to run through some of the rest of my notes from yesterday's show uh, reacting to the Alabama and Georgia game. If you have more reactions to the Alabama-Georgia game from yesterday, you're welcome to call in on that Taco Casa hotline. At uh, 6.15, as we open the second quarter, as we always do on Tuesdays, we'll be talking to D.C. Capstone Report and we'll talk about that Alabama and Georgia game and we'll start to look ahead to the Alabama and Tennessee game to some this may be one of may, this may be the biggest rivalry still left on the Alabama schedule i know many people think Auburn 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 and maybe even some LSU as they've had some success lately but uh, to many uh, Tennessee is still one is still the biggest or the second biggest rivalry that Alabama has every year on its schedule i know for me personally growing up uh, right on that Georgia Tennessee border uh, in the '90s when Tennessee was was kind of successful, winning that national championship in 1998, I know that I personally have a large. Uh let's just say disdain for the Tennessee Vols. I think Ellis and I share a disdain for the Tennessee Vols. So this is a big week for me as, me personally as a fan. Uh, looking forward to seeing what Alabama is able to do against the Tennessee Vols. As, uh, I believe it's been 5,113 days now, excuse me, 13 or 14 days now since uh, Alabama has lost to Tennessee. And between you and I, may it be 5,000 5,113 more. Look at we we, uh, we we heard from Nick Saban yesterday on his Monday press conference. He he, he uh, addressed the media to kind of coming off that Georgia win and looking ahead to the Tennessee game. So I want to get right into Nick Saban's opening statement from yesterday, and we'll react to that and get into your comments on the Taco Casa hotline right after we hear from the greatest coach in America, Nick Saban.
7: Well, I think that this was a really good win for us and our team this last week. Um, I think our players really played hard in the game, played with a lot of toughness, showed a lot of resiliency, um, you know, just kept fighting in the game. Uh, but I think that it also needs to be noted that probably the difference in the game, when you just look at the game totally, all right, was turnovers. You know, we always talk about turnovers having a huge impact on the outcome of a game and uh, the turnovers, converting those turnovers to scores when you really add it up uh, that was basically the difference in the game so there are a lot of fundamental improvement things that we need to continue to focus on and work on Uh, just about every individual just about every unit just about every group uh, on our team has something that uh, we need to focus on and do better you know some of those things could have been disastrous we got the quarterback hit a couple times in a game that you know we, we we could have could have been prevented. It wasn't like, you know, we, we couldn't block them. So um, they have, you know, when you play against really good players, you got to make sure you do a great job of executing because they're always going to take advantage of any mistake that you make. I think it's really important, you know, this week that our uh, I talked about this after the game. Uh, our, our players have humility. That's what keeps you hungry in terms of what you have to do to improve. Um, and to play the next game, and I think everybody knows that this Tennessee game is, you know, a big rivalry game. Um, means a lot to a lot of people in the state of Alabama, uh, and I'm I'm sure that because it's a rivalry game, we're going to get the absolute, you know, best version of Tennessee's team. You know, Jeremy's done a really good job there. In my opinion, uh, they played very very well this this year. You know, last week was the uh, a little bit of an anomaly. And, and again, that same old word comes up, you know, they turned the ball over, uh, and that made a huge, uh, difference in the game. Uh, but they have some very capable players. I think they got two really good running backs. The quarterback's very athletic. They got some good skilled players outside. Their defense has played, you know, really well, you know, this year, they got really good pass defense. Um, their defense is like, you know, fourth or fifth in the league, you know, overall, um, They're very, very well coached. Um, They do a good job on special teams. Uh, So we're we're gonna see uh, a a good team and they play their best against us. They they beat some good teams this year when they played well and they're very capable. And uh, I would expect we'll see that kind of an effort from them this weekend.
6: I would expect to see that kind of an effort as well, Coach Saban. Any, any, anytime you're Alabama, you're going to get the other team's best shot, uh, and, and Tennessee will be no different this weekend, despite their big loss to Kentucky. And That's one of the things, one of my topics on the list today is, what was the biggest surprise from this past weekend's SEC results? Was it Kentucky beating Tennessee 34-7? to Maybe South Carolina pulling an upset on Auburn uh, 30-22, to and Arkansas really uh, came out and surprised Ole Miss. Arkansas on now with two SEC wins after it had been since October of uh, I believe 2017 since they had won an SEC game so now that they, now they have two already this year. Uh, could there be another surprise on the, on the horizon with this weekend's game? I know Alabama is a 21 point favorite but uh, Tennessee they've got just enough talent on their roster and uh, it's a rivalry game they're going to be motivated coming off that loss. You're going to have to have a sharp performance for the Alabama Crimson Tide coming off an emotional win against the University of Georgia. You're going to have to have a sharp performance to avoid an upset. South Carolina's taking on uh, LSU. Could could South Carolina pull upsets in back-to-back weeks? Uh, They're they're, they're a seven-point underdog as they take on the LSU Tigers down in Baton Rouge. So could there be another upset this week? And what was your most surprising result from this past weekend's games? Let's step out to the Taco Casa hotline and get our man Pat in the program in the Martin Houston Show. Pat Good morning. What's on your mind this morning, sir? Uh,
1: First off, I want to know where we're going to get. Uh, a, a quarterback besides Geronimo to face this weekend. What, do uh, you, I, what is your feeling on
6: it? I, I, my feeling is we are definitely going to get uh, you, you're going to get a uh, Garantano for sure. Uh, but you're oh, probably...
1: okay. So you think you are, he is going to start then?
6: Well, I don't know if he's going to start. Uh, t- uh, Pruitt said in his uh, in his press conference, I believe that he's going to have to earn his earn his starting spot back. Uh, so maybe he's going to do that in practice this week. I know he struggled throwing two pick sixes last week so um my my, i I answered your question before i heard the whole thing my 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 answer was yes we are going to see a different quarterback uh than than garantano this week i believe gosh yeah i
1: like to call him geronimo because he's hollering geronimo every time he throws the ball that uh, hey but look that uh i think that the uh yeah you realize that tennessee beat south carolina who beat auburn uh, At any given time, Tennessee has had flashes of brilliance. And, uh, you know, uh, I mean, now South Carolina played Tennessee pretty darn hard. I think it was like a three- or four-point ball game.
6: It was. I think it was four points.
1: Yes, four points I believe it was. And uh, so it's, you know, anything can happen. Uh, we got to bring our A game uh, regardless. Uh, I do think that, oh, this is going to be a coming-out party uh, for my old surfer boy running back from California, that uh, that he may uh, approach that 200-yard mark again. What are you thinking?
6: I'd love to see him get another 200 yards after uh, putting 150 on Georgia. You say coming out party? I think Najee Harris has already made well it. I was
1: making a joke.
6: <laughs> He's well and come out by now. Uh, but but no, I, I think Najee is going to have a a really successful day. He showed in uh, the last week, well, really the last two weeks that he has a knack and a penchant for for running that ball and, and really really taking control of the game when Najee was running well. The Alabama offense. And really, just the Alabama—the feel of the Alabama football team was that uh, that we were in control, and the other team couldn't do anything about it.
1: Okay, all uh, right. Hey, which version of Rocky Top is your favorite? That uh, mine is Lynn Anderson.
6: Is that the older version? To
1: cause, that's, the, that's yes. the oldest version. The pretty blonde lady—that uh, she's still real good looking. Man, if she's still alive, I don't know. But hey, even if she was a corpse, she'd be a beautiful lady. Well, between but, uh, oh yeah, man, between man, you Anderson and me, Pat, I, I,
6: we won't tell anybody. But I find yeah. that song to be very catchy. Oh
1: yeah, man. Uh, well, this is true. And uh but, uh, but however, that, uh it doesn't matter how many versions of Rocky Top they play. Hey, Coach Bryant. Still hates Tennessee worse than he does hates the, the Cal College down there, Whoa. and hey, and Coach Coach Bryant drug a broke leg for a whole half against Tennessee, and so, so the legend goes. And uh, a hey, Coach Saban realizes how bad. The state of Alabama wants to stomp Tennessee into the ground.
6: Yeah, five thousand uh, more days, Pat. I I don't care. People say, "Oh, don't you want Tennessee to be good so the rivalry is is you know back and forth?" Absolutely no! not. I want to beat them by a hundred every year.
1: Oh yeah, oh yeah, and uh, I mean when number one these people appear absolutely I'm in Tennessee uh, right now, and these people appear absolutely stupid. None of them there's zero mass compliance. Uh, that I'm seeing, uh, you know, the Tennessee coach was fined a hundred thousand dollars, and they're going to have to pay it because uh, the SEC is going to keep it out of their money when they dish out the money at the end of the season. Uh, Ole Miss was fined a hundred thousand, and the next fine, the next time Jeremy wants to put his mask on top of his head like a Cut and picking uh a uh, Arab. That was stupid. Uh, that was a stupid yeah, look. That was the stupidest look I've ever seen. Anything. He looked like he was yeah. wearing
6: a shawl. Like he was just yeah. wearing, wearing a Man, wrapper he, around he, his head. He
1: wanted to be. He wanted to be a a female. Of course, he looks like a female. Uh, he wanted. He wanted to be a a, a female Arab. But, uh, you he <laughs> didn't cover, cover his
6: mouth or wasn't covered his mouth. Oh yeah, he looked like yeah, a fool.
1: yeah. And it cost him a hundred grand but hey, well, A like 100,000 hey, but the Tennessee hey these people up here Tennessee's program is not as stout as Alabama's program 100,000 these
6: folks
1: are a lot of money yeah it is and, it uh, does but, uh, and you know so anyway and, uh, I just wanted to get my Jay, I've been there. I like my Jay because we. Hey, yesterday we celebrated Alabama's win. Today we got to start talking about Tennessee. Well, you got a
6: score prediction, Patty. you want to call back later? In the yeah, week.
1: yeah, dude. yeah. I want to give you my score prediction today. Oh, uh, I think we're seventeen point favorites. Oh, uh, and I like us to win more than that. Oh, uh, I like. I, I like uh, in a vicinity of uh, forty five to. Uh, I'm gonna go forty-five, fourteen, and uh, that.
6: And what's your uh, tiebreaker? What do you think? Let's go, Mac Jones passing yards. How about that?
1: Mac Jones passing yards again. He's gonna be over in the four hundred mark. I'm gonna
6: go uh, four twenty-one, four twenty-one, and Pat's got it. Forty-five to fourteen. Roll tied. Yes, sir. All right, I hey, appreciate it, Pat. A bl- have a blessed
1: day, fellas. Thank you all. Yes, Bye-bye. sir.
6: Thanks, Pat. Well, let's step back out on the Taco Casa hotline and get our man Super Joe in the program before we get to uh, D.C. Capstone on the other side. D- Super Joe, you're in with the Martin Houston show. Man, tell me you enjoyed that Georgia game.
3: Oh, you know I did, man. I'll tell you what. I got to say this. when we, In the second half, you noticed that was Alabama defense because Georgia did not score in that second half.
6: They had him in that they had him to a shutout in the second half, you're right.
3: And so then I'm gonna say this, who stepped on it? I mean, somebody had to help Pete Goldman. Coach either it was the whole culture step or Nick Sabes to come in and put his recipe in the culture because that was Alabama football for us to get those now way we start off when we when we start off it was like twenty four price, Oh boy, I said, this is a coming close game, but then he got to say, Wait a minute. Alabama and Georgia play close all just about all the time. Yeah. And then I was stuck when it got to the the point where you know when the when the Alabama started hitting picking off George's interceptions. I thought, That's beautiful. I think it was all lovely. Because one thing about it, I just started to see um what's his face get a little I'm trying to what's that what's that quarterback Mag I start to see him I start to see him sprint when he started when he was sprinting that ball I'm talking when, what was that? Jalen Waddle. Jalen Waddle got free on that. Yeah, defensive. he hit it in
6: Jalen Waddle on that 90 yard touchdown catch, Super uh-huh. Joe. Were you excited when he was flying down the field?
3: Oh, man. Yeah, that, I mean, that, I tell you what, that was that was the flash for you. That, that was the flash. I tell you what, I said, look, I'm so now I was confident that we're going to go. I told, I was saying this. I don't know if you remember me saying this, but I'm confident we're going to the SEC Championship this year. I was you already got your this- tickets, right? Uh, well, I, hey, you know what? I mean, yeah, yeah they're gonna be on. They're gonna be on the way because they all paid for, <laughs> bought and paid for.
6: Roll Tide. Oh, what you think about tide. Mac Jones? He was SEC Offensive Player of the Week. What do you think about Mac Jones? Well, he, I believe Mac Jones gonna be the Heisman winner. You must be reading my notes. That's one of my questions. How far away is he from being a Heisman contender?
3: Yeah, I got to say, I say he ain't too far. All he got to do is keep doing what he's doing, and he's going to be Alabama's third Heisman winner. Count on it, unless uh, unless there are two biased to look at him.
6: Roll Tide, Super Joe. Anything else you got for me? Uh, uh,
3: let me see. I'll tell you what. Let's see, the game going
6: to be, what, 2.30, right? Yeah, 2.30 on Saturday, CBS. But it's going to be right here on Tide starting at 9.30. You, you need to be listening to Tide. We're doing pregame show at 9.30.
3: All right, then I thought my thoughts also roll
6: then. Roll tide. Roll Tide, Super Joe. Thanks for calling this morning. That's Super Joe on the phone, and we just had our man Pat as well on the line. We're going to take a quick break on the Martin Houston Show, and when we come back, we will have our Tuesday, our regular Tuesday visit with D.C. Capstone Report, breaking down the Georgia Buff game from the past weekend and starting to look ahead to the Tennessee matchup on the horizon. You're listening to the Martin Houston Show right here on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 Traffic.
4: Good morning from the Towns of Nissan Traffic Center. Everything pretty quiet as we start our Tuesday morning. Traffic is light around town, but it's fairly heavy on 2059 eastbound to Mercedes. If you see other conditions, of course, give us a call. Towns of Nissan is blowing away the competition with selection, savings, and top dollar for your trade. Get your deal today at Towns of Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. A picture perfect
0: afternoon across Tuscaloosa today with a good supply of sunshine, highs near 85, for tomorrow mostly sunny with highs near 86 and on Thursday. A slight chance of an afternoon shower or storm, highs between 83 and 85 degrees. I'm meteorologist James Spann on Tide 100.9.
2: Scott Smith and Southmark Design doing business for 17 plus years, specializing in graphic design services, commercial printing, promotional products, advertising specialties, and so much more. Basically, any and everything you would need to advertise, promote, and grow your business through strong partnerships, strong customer service, and creative ideas, they'll help you market and grow your business give scott a call at 205-292-4680 or email scottis at comcast.net and visit them online at softmarkdesign.com
0: interact with the martin houston show by calling us at 205-342-9904 yeah. tuning into the martin houston show on facebook
6: Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on a beautiful Tuesday morning. Joe Gaither is filling in for Martin Houston this morning. And as we usually do at this point of the the day on Tuesdays, we welcome in our friend D.C. Capstone Report into the Martin Houston Show. You can find D.C. Capstone Report, his podcast at D.C. Capstone Report on Facebook and many other platforms. D.C., good morning. How are you doing today, sir? Doing great, Joe. How are you today? I'm doing excellent. Happy to be back in the saddle and uh, getting ready to, you know, finish up the rest of the football season. How was your weekend? And I'll go right into uh, what was your reaction to the big 41 to 24 victory, Alabama over Georgia, this past Saturday.
5: Well, I, I thought it was a great victory for Alabama. Uh, kind of predicted that's kind of the way it was going to go. Uh, the week week proceeding and kind of leading up to the game, kind of uh, just had had a feeling uh, in that first half. Uh, That we were so close that I just felt like we were going to make the adjustments we needed to in the second half and pull it out, and we did just that. I was very impressed with the defensive performance in the second half, and of course, impressed with the offensive performance throughout the game. Just uh, really, really seemed like the defense kind of come together in the second half, made some adjustments, and loved the fact that they uh, mixed in some cover coverage with zones and the and the combo coverage with man and zones on certain receivers. So I think that really made a difference in, in the game.
6: Absolutely, I I definitely agree. The adjustments were uh, impressive to watch and fun to see. Uh, If you want to get in on the show, you can call us on the Taco Casa hotline at 205-342-9904 to get in with D.C. and ask him a question. D.C., we're going to go right out to the hotline and get Tom in. Tom was calling yesterday, but he said, I want to call back for D.C., so let's see what was on Tom's mind. Tom, good morning. You're in with D.C. Capstone Report on the Martin Houston Show.
8: Good morning, Joe. Good morning, D.C. How are you? Uh, doing great, Tom. How are you this morning? I'm good. Uh, listen, D.C., I, I don't want to, I want to bring something up because I want to get your take on it uh, and and uh, I, I don't want to bash any coaches or anything like that. I just, I want to evaluate uh, results based on what uh, John Parker Wilson, uh, in his analysis prior to the game and during the game, if that's okay with you, but uh Uh, prior to the game, uh, John Parker pointed out that the defensive line needs to play as a unit and, uh, they need to play with gap responsibility and, and, uh, we don't need anybody playing hero ball. And the first half we played, uh, what I thought to be hero ball. We wasn't playing gap responsibility and they were ripping off runs and, uh, <clears throat> and then in the second half, we were better at uh, gap responsibility and seemed to play more as a unit. Therefore, I contend, and uh, like I said, I want to get your take, but uh, we had better results as a defense because of that.
5: Well, I think you're definitely right. I think one of the adjustments we made in the in the second half was uh, we tried to uh, – uh, maintain our, the gap responsibility and keep the quarterback from Georgia in the in the middle of the pocket and make him throw out of the pocket. And we didn't try to uh, hit the home run every time on the rush. And when they did rush, they watched the film and put their hands up and made some key plays uh, uh, in the second half. But I think the one thing we didn't we didn't we didn't do in the second half was they went along they went any long gashing runs, which just showed that everyone played their gap. So I think you're exactly right spot on. That's been a problem uh, throughout the year. Uh, And I think that that uh, I hope that's been corrected so that down the road, we see a little more discipline of our defensive players, including all of our front seven players.
8: Thank you, D.C. Thanks, Joe. Really uh, wanted to hear D.C.'s take on that.
6: No problem. Thanks so much Tom for calling in uh, on the Taco Casa hotline. If you guys want to call in on the Taco Casa hotline at any point, you're welcome to to get in on the show two, uh, 205-342-9904 DC. I want to ask you uh, kind of something that got brought up yesterday in the Nick Saban press conference. Uh, talking about how to handle such an emotional win. You, you you beat the number 3 team in the country, a team that, you know, let's be real on it, let's be honest that we've we've relatively struggled with obviously gotten good results results in the last three tries but have uh had some pretty close games with how do you what's the key to handling uh such an emotional victory coming off that and now we're playing a huge rival with tennessee a game we should win but if we don't bring our you know our bring our a game uh tennessee could have a surprise for us yeah, definitely this is a this is a
5: prime time for a letdown you built up for a big home victory against georgia you you played the number one defensive team in the nation. You come out and you just handled them in a way that put up more points than anybody put up against them. And so uh, you had a really good defensive game in the second half. So it is. It would be easy for Alabama to come off this game with on, on such a high uh, that would uh, could impact them in the, in the week ahead. I think in, the most important thing to do is, is what Coach Saban alluded to in his, in his press conference and the shortly after the game was uh, maintain the humility. Uh, and I, I think. I think that's kind of what his 24-hour rule is. I think the people, you, the, the players you've seen yesterday, uh, speak. They came out with that same kind of process speak that a hey, 24 hours is over. We're going to get back to, uh, we're going to get back to the, uh, uh, you know, game plan going ahead and playing against a good Tennessee team. And I think Coach Saban was excited about. Uh and I I love what he said yesterday. He said sometimes you take the fun out of it for the players when you expect them to perform in such a way that it's yeah. not an excitement when they win. He'd love the excitement and the emotion when they when they win. You know, that reminded me of the excitement that the Alabama football team had on the sidelines against LSU that year. Uh right when uh, uh Reuben Thomas uh when he just screamed uh, that guy running back on the uh the running back on the kickoff. Yeah. that excitement on the sidelines. That's the kind of excitement and emotion you want to play. You, want, you don't want to play emotional, but you want to play with emotion. So I think that's what he what he meant by that. And I think by by not only enjoying that time, as we saw in the video with the team, that, uh, that gave him the ability to speak to them about, okay, let's enjoy this today. But on Monday morning, we come back in and we get ready. What I've seen so far is just looking at Monday morning, watching the tweets, looking at the press conference, looking at the uh, the players who speak after that, listening listen to Coach Davis speak. Everything I've heard from coming out of the Alabama locker room is that, hey, uh, this team is zoned in for the process. They understand what's what's expected of them. And that's where you got to be. You've got to be at a point. The one thing you've got to do is you got to concentrate on the next game, enjoy the last game for the 24 hours, and concentrate on the next game. Because in this, this year, Above any other year, I believe, when we make the statement that any team in the SEC can be any other team, I think it's more more true to this year than any other year we played, just because of the what's going on in 2020. But I think we're I think we're poised to have a really good game against Tennessee. You know, people people discount this game a little bit because of the the lack of uh, 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 games in the past uh, 5,000 some odd days that they've been since Tennessee beat us, but. There's a lot of animosity between these two programs, and there's a lot of uh, things that go, up, go into this rivalry, and it's a big game for a lot of people.
6: Yeah, it's certainly a big game, and uh, growing up on the Georgia-Tennessee border, it's a big game for me. I'm, I'm, oh, uh, uh, five thousand more. DC is what I is what I usually say. Five thousand more. I mean, th- this first five thousand wasn't enough. We needed another five thousand more. Before we get into, uh, before we t- take our, our break, I want to get your opinion on the, the SEC offensive player of the week, Mac Jones. He went another four hundred yards, four touchdowns, and kind of that, uh, kind of interception off getting some pressure in the fir- first snapper f- first or second. Now he 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 got some pressure and ended up with that interception, but bounced back from it very strong and led the offense very very strong very very strongly the rest of the game. Talk about the performance of Mac Jones and what you you know I hate to kind of say oh we've never seen anything like it because obviously Tua and the offense was incredible last year already. I mean that uh, goes without saying, but Mac Jones first Alabama quarterback to go for over four hundred yards And now three games in a row. It was just the two. But but now, now it's three. Talk about what Matt Jones' performance means to the offense and really what he's showing you as a quarterback.
5: Well, I think Matt Jones' performance was stellar. I, I think it's, uh, he, he has performed, as, in my opinion, uh, one of the best quarterbacks ever at Alabama. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves. I mentioned on my podcast this week, he has done things that Jalen two other quarterbacks have never done in Alabama, three games over 400 yards in a row. I expect him to make it four in a row uh this week against Tennessee and and I but I think he's improved and in this game you saw his improvement. He didn't let the early interception which wasn't his fault as a tip ball. He didn't let the early interception rattle him. He came he didn't let the sacks that he took. And I'm telling you he took a couple of sacks in this game that that uh, were very they were hard. brutal sacks. They were yeah. hard sacks. They they hurt. You can't get hit like that and say it didn't hurt. And yet he got up and he came back and he performed under pressure in that game. Which I believe that game, every one of Alabama players performed under pressure in that game, all the way up into the middle of the second half. They were under pressure to make sure they could win this game, and I think he did a stellar job of doing that. Now his athletic ability is superb, his arm strength is superb. He, he, he makes the right read to get you in the right place. He throws to the right receivers. He does all of those things. We've had quarterbacks in before, like Jalen and Tua recently have done that, uh, but I think this team has something that Jalen Tua didn't have. They have a he, uh, Matt Jones has an offensive line around him that is really, really playing well. He has skilled players at every position who are who have improved and are playing well. And and Matt Jones is taking advantage of that. And, 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 he, and I've always said this, when Matt Jones tries to do too much. He makes errors. When he plays within himself and just does what Matt Jones can do, the The ceiling is uh, is way high for him. He can do anything as long as he plays within himself. And I think he's done that. And I think he just proves what kind of a, a good, good quarterback that he is. I don't think he gets enough credit. I think he should be in the Heisman uh, talk. I think he is just as good as performance this year as Trevor Lawrence is. I think he should be in the top of all the accolades. And this week we start to see him getting a few of those mentions for those weekly awards and that, that sort of thing. But if he continues to play like he's playing, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't be in New York at the end of the season.
6: I certainly agree with you there. I was as I was kind of putting together this little part of the part of my notes. I, I pulled up Trevor Lawrence's stats. He's played in five games and he's at fifteen hundred forty-four yards, which that's that's great. But Mac Jones has played in four games and he's only thirty yards behind him. He's thirty yards and three touchdowns behind him in one less game. So Mac Jones is putting he's he's putting on a, a show uh, in this early part of the season. I expect him to do it the rest of the year. He's he's not given me any reason to expect him to fall off by any means and with the weapons that he has on the outside he seems like you know he's perfectly set up to be right there in new york to 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 really see how many votes he can get and take on trevor lawrence for that heisman trophy
5: i agree with you understand and one thing mac jones does that that i think better than most quarterbacks is throws the deep ball that it helps when you got a Jalen waddle that could go out and get it or john Vinci or our possession receiver like Devontae smith he has some great references around him, but knowing how to use those weapons and get it to the right player is, is a very important thing when you're a quarterback, and, and I think he's got a good repossession uh, progression. I think he does a great job of throwing the deep ball, and, and I think uh, that he knows uh, where, his, where his players are knows and knows the playbook so well that he can use it at any time when any play is called and, and make the right read. So. I think all that together makes him one of the best quarterbacks in the nation right
6: now. I certainly agree with you there, D.C. D.C., let's take a, a quick break, and when we come back, let's talk about the adjustments uh, the defense made in the second half and maybe Dylan Moses' play, and I believe we have a phone call or two lined up to uh, talk about the Tennessee game this coming up weekend. You're listening to the Martin Houston Show, and we're, we're joined by D.C. Capstone Report on, on this beautiful Tuesday. We'll be back right after this on Tide 100.9.
4: Tide 100.9 traffic. Good morning from the Towns of Nissan Traffic Center. Everything pretty quiet as we start our Tuesday morning. Traffic is light around town, but it's fairly heavy on 2059 eastbound to Mercedes. If you see other conditions, of course, give us a call. Towns of Nissan is blowing away the competition with selections, savings, and top dollar for your trade. Get your deal today at Towns of Nissan. I'm Captain Ray.
2: Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show, and I want to tell you about one of our great sponsors, Overflow Express Wash. Their mission is to provide great customer service with a showroom clean car and an exceptional customer service experience. They have the basic car wash that starts at $7, but you need to check out the premium wash packages, which start as low as $12 and go up to $20. They also have a membership wash club that you can get for starting at $23.99 going up to $39.99. In other words, just double the
0: on your home for Alabama sports, tied
7: 100.9,
0: and streaming on the tied 100.9 app.
7: I really don't know if they can handle it, so we'll see. Well I, was a, well, I thought, well, I thought he played extremely well in this last game. He showed great leadership, really helped the other players play. Uh, Well, uh, I think it was by far his best game in terms of um, execution, doing what he was supposed to do. So I I feel like, you know, maybe that, that this was maybe will get him, you know, feeling confident in what he needs to physically confident so that he can go out there and continue to play well and perform well. But I thought he played extremely well in this game.
6: Welcome back into the Martin Houston Show on Tide 100.9. Joe Gaither filling in for Martin Houston. We're talking to D.C. Capstone Report this morning. That was the greatest coach in all of college football, Nick Saban, talking about Dylan Moses and his performance this past weekend uh, against the University of Georgia and D.C. I wanted to get your perspective on Dylan Moses because uh, as an amateur football watcher myself, uh, I, I was watching the game and really I thought that Dylan struggled in uh, several areas, uh, being in the right position and overrunning some of, some of the plays and uh, just kind of struggled with his eyes and really really kind of the speed of, of play. But Nick Saban on Monday said that he was happy with Dylan Moses and said that he played probably one of his best games of the year. So obviously I'm going to default to what Coach Saban's evaluation is over mine. Uh, talk about Dylan Dylan Moses' performance and what you saw and if you agree with Coach Saban's assessment of his performance or not?
5: Well, well, first of all, uh, I think what Coach Saban is talking about is the overall body of work that, that, that Dylan Moses did in preparation for the game, and during the game, and then, and then uh, his adjustments that he made at halftime. So I, I think, for the and I've heard a lot of people say that, that Dylan Moses had a bad game or didn't have his eyes in the right place or didn't have discipline on this play or overrun this play. I've I heard that from several people, not just you, Joe, but As I was watching the game, I didn't get that take. I didn't feel that. I felt like that Dylan Moses was the the player that kept us uh, really solidified in the first half. What I mean by that, you you know, your caller Tom alluded to it earlier, I think we had a lack of discipline in the first half. And sometimes it looked like Dylan Moses was out of position. But in those plays, I believe that he was trying to compensate for others who were not in their gaps and therefore left his uh, gap uh, uh, open. So and then some people call that over pursuit. I don't think that he uh, was over pursuit I think he was trying to compensate. I believe, from what I've heard, that Dylan Moses was. Uh, uh, this team went into halftime on a huge high. Uh, Certainly, you know I, we haven't talked about it yet, but that that field goal was remarkable. That we could hit a fifty-two yard field goal, but the momentum that it gave us into the locker room was was great. But Dylan Moses, I believe, was vocal in the locker room at halftime. Uh, for the for the defense that solidified them to come back out and play, and in the second half, he had everybody in their right positions, playing their gaps, and I believe that's what Coach Saban is talking about. You know, only played his best, most athletic game. He played his most cerebral game. In other words, in, in the second half, he was the, the coach, quarterback slash coach on the field, uh, the guy Alabama in the right plays, right positions, and got them to play the right gaps, and so. I think he took it a responsibility on the a uh, the more vocal leader this year and I think it's showing uh, in the in the way the team has, has responded to him.
6: Absolutely, and I think that uh, I appreciate your perspective because uh, uh, overcompensating for teammates uh, out of uh, out of position would explain what I saw, and I think that that's a that's a great explanation. I appreciate that for sure. If you want to talk to DC and get this great expertise, you can call us on the Taco Casa hotline 205-342-9904 DC. Let's step out and welcome in Lake Martin John into the into the uh, Martin Houston show. I believe he has a question about Tennessee, uh, John. You're in with the Martin Houston Show and DC Capstone Report. What's on your mind, sir?
9: DC Joe, I hope you're having a great day. I sure am. And uh, you're really excited about that Georgia game and the results. And before I get on to Tennessee, I just had one observation that while I was sitting here went by me. Uh, you know, you can tell how well Mac Jones has matured and how good he's done this year when you realize that. Before the season started, the week before the first game, all the talk I heard on sports talk radios everywhere was, what quarter in the first game is Saban going to bench Mac Jones for Bryce Young? When was the last time you heard anybody mention Bryce Young? Yeah, it's been quite
5: a while, that discussion. That discussion was uh, uh, was really unfounded at the time, and it's really proven to be. Uh, the, way it, the way the season has progressed. So I, I think Mac Jones put the rest in the question about there ever being a quarterback controversy, and there never was in my mind, and I, I don't think there was in right. Chris Saban's mind as well. Mac uh, Br- Bryce Young is going to be a great quarterback for the University of Alabama. He may surpass everything that Mac Jones has done,
9: but this year is definitely Mac Jones' year. That young man, Bryce Young, is going to go down in Alabama history. He certainly is, along with Tua and every one of them, but uh, – for right now, boy, I'm sure I'm proud of Mac. One one thing I was thinking about on on Tunis, and by the way, another just an obvious. What I've started doing is Kirby Smart. Since he left Alabama, seems like he's done everything he can to alienate himself from the Alabama fans, and uh, he's just just taking jabs and everything. So I've I've started uh, giving him a nickname. I call him Not So. It's Kirby Not So Smart because I just I I, I just don't understand why he would. You know, act like that. But anyway, that's his decision. So on the Tennessee game, when you have running backs like, you know, Najee and and Robinson and you got the receivers we got, and you uh, try to come up with a game plan that balances the run and the pass, that's uh, that's, that's hard to do because they both are, are so successful. I don't think in in my predictions on the Tennessee game. I don't think Mac Jones is going to get more than about 370 or so because I believe he's going to be. You know, don't look at Bryce Young get a little bit of uh, practice in there. Do you think that uh, Mac will play the whole game?
5: I think he will. I, I think uh, this this uh, season is set up uh, to be Mac Jones's year, so I expect him to play late in the game. Uh, I think that if there's an opportunity to get Bryce Young some playing time, I think he might. But in my opinion, this game against Tennessee is going to be tougher than most people give it credit for. And I believe that it will be going into the second half, kind of like we did against Georgia. And I believe Mac Jones is going to have an opportunity to play and play. And Bryce Young may get in toward the end of the fourth quarter, but I think that Mac Jones is going to play the, 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 most of the game. I think we have a good game plan set up for Tennessee. If it works out well, we might could see uh Bryce Young earlier, but uh I just I just know how this Tennessee team is and plays on a motion like their coach and, and I think they're gonna be well
9: prepared to come in and, and try to shock the world and beat Alabama. They will be uh well prepared. Uh I think Jeremy would do a good job of that. But uh, anyway, all right, listen, I, I appreciate it and I agree with that last caller. I believe it uh we're talking about how the uh, defense had gelled, and boy, that teamwork in the second half was, uh, was great. Just one last thing. Uh, Martin, we're praying for everybody, but uh, better get back here quick because Joe's doing a pretty good job in your spot there.
6: I'm just keeping the seat warm. We're definitely ready to see Martin get back in here any any day now, I believe. Uh, I think he's very close. I think he's very close. John, thanks for calling, calling in, uh, and your well wishes for Martin. I'll pass them on for you. Uh, D.C., let's take our last break here, and when we come back, we'll put uh, the finishing touches and hit some quick hitters on the Tennessee game and maybe our final thoughts, our final uh, final observations on the Georgia game, we'll put that week to bed and get your prediction for this weekend's game against Tennessee. You're listening to the Martin Houston Show and we're right here on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9 traffic.
4: Good morning from the Towns of Nissan Traffic Center. Everything pretty quiet as we start our Tuesday morning. Traffic is light around town, but it's fairly heavy on 2059 eastbound to Mercedes. If you see other conditions, of course, give us a call. Towns of Nissan is blowing away the competition with selection, savings, and time dollar for your trade. Get your deal today at Towns of Nissan. I'm Captain Ray. Here's what's trending on the Tuscaloosa
5: Thread. Good morning. The Tuscaloosa Violent Crimes Unit continues to investigate two non-lethal shootings over this past weekend. The first incident occurred in the 3800 block of First Avenue on Saturday at approximately 9 p.m. The second occurred on Sunday afternoon when investigators arrived in the 1500 block of Culver Road. A Facebook post inviting students at Northridge High School to a homecoming party on October 24th at Indian Hills Country
2: Club. City school officials say it is not a sanctioned event. Don Hartley Town Square Media, Tuscaloosa. Hello, this is Martin Houston with the Martin Houston Show. And I want to tell you about Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing. If you're looking for a way to add value to your home, make your flower beds pop, make your landscaping stand out from your neighbors, then Tuscaloosa Custom Curbing can help you do just that. They have numerous styles
0: Sound of Bama Sports, your show, your Your team. team. The Martin Houston Show on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
6: Welcome back in the Martin Houston Show on a beautiful Tuesday, and we're joined by D.C. Capstone Report. D.C., before we get into our last little bit some quick hitters and looking ahead to Tennessee, tell everybody where they can find you on the Twitter and your podcast on Facebook and the other platforms, sir.
5: Well, the podcast is already up. You can find it at the D.C. Capstone Report Facebook page. We'd love for you to go there and like us on Facebook. You also can find us uh, at com, our website there that Lance uh, Shores does a great job of handling and producing for me. And then you can follow me on Twitter at DavidCott50. That's David Cott- DavidCott, D A V I D C O T50.
6: I love it, and that's a great place to find all your Alabama news and notes and get your insider stuff from uh, from D.C. Capstone, and he does a great job there. So I encourage you to check him out on the Twitter and on the Facebook page there. D.C., you touched on it just a little bit in the last uh, segment, right before uh, we got into the Dylan Moses discussion. Uh Will Riker nailing a 52-yard field goal right before halftime. I want to, I've asked a couple of people this uh, already this week, but what were you thinking? You're sitting there in your living room or wherever you're watching the game, it, and we get the one second, it actually goes in our favor this time instead of the other way around uh, like it did in 2019. What was your thoughts uh, Will Wright, as Will Rocker's lining up for his big kick?
5: Well, first of was, do we really want to put one second back on the clock? I, I think there Do we really want to do that? We did this in 2019, didn't work out so well. When when Will Rocker was lining up for the kick, you know, he had been perfect all year. And all I was thinking was, can he maintain his perfect kicking? And you're putting a lot of pressure on a kid to kick a 52-yard field goal. But in my mind, I've been to to games this year, and I've seen him in warm-ups kick field goals longer than that. So I knew he had the leg part. And I was just wondering, uh, in my mind, would, would he be able to kick it with the pressure to make it? And when he did, uh, to me it it was the momentum changer for this game. Now you, you say how could that be? but I believe if you watch as they were leaving the field and watch some of the things that happened. he was congratulated by offensive defensive players, uh, starters, reserves, and coaches all the way to the to the uh, locker room, and that carried them into that great emotional high that allowed them to be excited about being behind with the idea that they can come out and really make a difference in the second half. And I think that's what the Moses and the coaches said, hey, we can't lose this opportunity here, this guy here that's given us an opportunity. Let's don't lose about going out there and not playing our best uh, in the in the second half. And I think that really launched them into a great
6: second half performance. I agree. And just having having a kicker make that long of a kick, especially with the kicking woes that the Crimson Tide has had really over the last handful of years, Uh really, really huge mental boost, really confidence boost. Uh, Want to get into the Tennessee game, but we've only got a couple minutes left. Uh, what is your biggest? T- what are your biggest things that Alabama needs to do as we go up to Na- Knoxville, looking for I believe it's our fifteenth winner in a row, 14th win in a row this, this coming up weekend?
5: Well, we need to make sure we maintain our gaps on defense and play disciplined defense. Uh, we need to limit our mistakes on offense and capitalize on turnovers, create turnovers on defense. So those are the keys to the game. The one thing I will throw out there that I put on my podcast, I think, from watching film and studying, I think Alabama, I think Tennessee plays with the intensity on defense and emotion of their head coach, Jerry Pruitt. He does a great job of that. I think we can take advantage of that by using some misdirection, getting them to over-pursue, and you can see Najee cut back to the open side and gain a lot of yards that way. We may even export that in the first half with some in-round runs with, um, with Waddle or Smith, so i look to look for that to the keys on the offensive side.
6: Do you think that Alabama's defense will be able to uh, take the momentum from the second half uh, against Georgia and really carry that into a game against Tennessee?
5: Yeah, I think it's the whole thing about Coach Saban talking about playing with humility is take what you did against Georgia in the second half and use it for your advantage going forward. Not with a big head, but with an understanding mind that, hey, I, we can do this now. Let's do this in the first half against Tennessee. We did it in the second half against Georgia. Let's start well, and then let's finish well. So I, I think I think this is going to be a good opportunity for defense to shine.
6: I, I absolutely agree I think that we're looking at a, at a really a momentum building game hopefully if we can come out and play uh, the way that Alabama's supposed to play DC give us uh, before we get out of here what is your prediction for the Alabama Tennessee game this weekend what did you predict for the week?
5: Well I think uh, Tennessee and Alabama play a close game it's still the emotional game to start with and we're going play they're going play as close but in the end Alabama pulls away and pulls away a lot. I think Alabama wins this game 52-21.
6: Oh, big winner. I love hearing that as a Chattanooga, Tennessee native. Uh, Anytime I can really hold one over on my buddies, i got a couple buddies who are diehard Tennessee fans, and every year it's, Joe, this is our time, this is our year. So I love hearing that prediction.
5: (laughs) Well, I I agree. I've always had a uh, a rivalry against Tennessee. I'm old enough to remember Conrad Holloway running through us in Bear Bryant days. I'm old enough to remember Phil Fulmer turning us in. I'm old enough to remember that uh, that uh, guy from Alabama who taught, called him snitches. So I, I think this is a really good rivalry game for people who don't like Tennessee.
6: Absolutely. I love it. D.C., thanks for joining us this week. Give us one more time where they can find your uh, find your podcast and your materials, and then we'll get out of here today.
5: You check out on the D.C. Capstone Report Facebook page or com. Also, we're always sponsored by my friend Lance Shorts at Obama, com and freelancepictures.com. Some great content there to get if you love Alabama football.
6: Absolutely, D.C., thanks for joining us this week.
5: Thanks, Joe. Have a great day and
6: roll tide. Roll tide, indeed. That's D.C. Capstone Report. This has been the Martin Houston Show, and coming up next we will be Inside the Locker Room with Wimp and Barry Sanderson.